0: All right, we're live. This is I Am The Industry, Billy Smalls, Billy The Kid. I have a special, special guest in the building. We're going to just cover some some uh, trending topics going on in the industry this week. Um, go ahead and introduce yourself.
1: Uh, this is Born Gifted, hailing out of New York City.
0: Word. And uh, what, what do you do? What, what exactly do you do?
1: Um, I guess when people ask me that question, I'm a singer-songwriter. Uh, I do artist management and development. Uh, talent, you know, development, but I really like hold my head on my pen. Like that is my, that's my go-to. I'll compete against anybody out there that considers themselves a songwriter. I don't care. in what genre you want to rap, you want to sing. I, I feel like I can keep up with anybody when it comes to the pen.
0: That's what's up. So what, what do you have in the works? Like what, What's, let's, let's talk about your latest project for a second. You had a, a video you all shot on uh, uh, Coney Island recently. Had a nice little dance to go with it. Let's talk, let's talk about that.
1: Yeah, uh, the last video that just dropped uh, with, my, with my friend uh, Prince Lawrence, uh, we put it on his mixtape, and I'm dropping it worldwide on all um, streaming services today, actually. It's going to drop tonight. Uh, it's called Running in Place. And yeah, it was an organic dance move, so we just did it. We came up with it in the studio and we just did it on set and had everybody in Coney Island running with us. So um, I'm actually like next month, I hit up a few of my dance friends. I'm going to start a Running In Place Challenge. So we're just trying to put that energy out there to have people come up with their own choreography and see what they can do to try to make this go viral. Because everybody that hears the song tells me it's a hit. So now... I feel like unless I hear it in every song, when I walk by in the street, or I hear it on the radio, or in the clubs, like uh, it's not manifesting the way it's supposed to. You
0: know, I, I feel it, man. I, I need to start practicing now, uh, cause I, I'm like, a, I'm like a, a you know, real dudes don't dance. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I need to, cause that, that that was like mad catchy. You know what I'm saying? I wish the view, y'all listeners, could, could see that. Um, but yeah. yeah, they
1: could. They could go to YouTube and catch that.
0: Where can they follow you at though too? So because you have little like snippets on your on your IG.
1: Oh, my IG is uh, born to be gifted. So that's B O R N, the number two, the letter B, and the word gifted G I F T E D. So that's born number two, letter B, G I F T E D.
0: All right, cool, cool. So this week we're we're just again and also follow us at louder than music podcasts on IG get. Caught up. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Also follow at I Am The Industry Music Co. Uh, it also said with latest news, artists, all of that. um But we're, what we're doing today is we're just talking about topics, latest topics, and music was going on this week. We actually just had a really dope convers. Well, I don't want to say dope, but <laughs> a, kind of a, a a trending conversation about the the Cavs, right? And you asked me about Kyrie Irving. You know, being this, I'm from Cleveland, you want to know if there was some secret stuff you didn't know about. <laughs> but uh you actually had the best insight because we don't know we don't know anything we know as much as y'all do but go ahead and tell them what, what your thoughts were on that
1: um I just feel like I, I have a lot of respect for Kyrie you know like the way I, I've seen his story growing up like the dedication it took for him to be able to you know be so good with the handles you know his father being a basketball player and really implementing that in his son so you know like a lot of respect for him but like, I just feel like this is a really bad move, man. Like, I feel like when he looks back, he's going to regret it. The same way Shaq and Kobe talk now and talk about how they regret breaking up. They wish they would have put their ego to the side and got more chips. Like, this is a really – calling a spade a spade is a stupid mistake. It's all about ego, in my opinion. Whether or not you like the man, don't like the man, and whatever, all of that's irrelevant. This is a professional sport. It's a job. Hey, Like, if you had a job and you're successful – with the people you're working with, and you decide, you know what, I wanna start my own company by myself. Like, okay, uh, that's cool. <laughs> Everybody in your life gonna be like, bro, like, y'all winning over there. Like, what are you doing? Is it just because you wanna get your name in the paper more, or are you trying to win MVPs? You wanna be like Russell Westbrook? Like, what's the real reason? You just wanna be the man? Like, okay, so he wants to come to the Knicks. For what? <laughs> <laughs> Why the hell am I, I living in New York? Why the hell would you want to come to a team that's so that that's managed so horribly? This team is is managed just like it, it's so horrible. Like people might talk shit about um, the owner of the Cavs, but trust me, there's no worse basketball owner in the NBA than Dolan, the guy that owns the Knicks. Yes.
0: That's what
1: he did to a, a, a former a former t- uh, teammate or or employee, I guess you would say. You know, like how he treated him in Oakley, like how he had him thrown out of the state, like of the arena. Like, look, he just does stupid things. He, had, the, the the biggest star on his team, he sh- he's insulting the man in media, trying to, you know, downgrade his name. And then they want to trade him or try to trade him. How are you going to insult somebody and make them look bad and think that other teams are going to want them? Man. And then the new player you have <laughs> that just got in the NBA a couple of years ago that everybody thinks is amazing... You you talking shit and trying to trade him too? Like, and so this guy wants to go there for what? <laughs> like, I don't understand. I, I just don't get it. It's like, you're with the best player in the NBA. Everybody knows that. Take the jewels that you can learn from him, and then once he leaves in a year from now or whatever, take over the team. If you don't want to be there, okay, leave. But well, he got two years left on his contract. Play those out. Yeah. Why would you? Why would? In the middle, the be right before the season starts. You talking about being traded? Like. Come
0: on man. Yeah. I mean I, I low key feel like pretty much um I don't I'm in a conspiracy theories. So I know
1: <laughs> Oh God, here we go. What is it?
0: I know I, I think it was him at one point, wasn't he dating Rihanna? Kyrie? Nah, Ky- Kyrie was dating Chloe. Um the
1: other chick. Oh, what's the name? What's her name? It was Kyrie. one of the
0: Kardashians though, right? No,
1: nah, no, nah, he wasn't dating a Kardashian. He he was dating a singer. He was dating another uh, a singer, but um, I forgot her name right now. Kalani. That's her name. Kalani. I feel yeah, like when... So,
0: so I'm going to broaden my theory here. So I know for a fact, when we talk about, like, the Kardashians or you talk about Rihanna, they have, like, cursed boxes. So it's like, any dude who, like... <laughs> they do. Um, real, real talk. So anytime, you know, you see a player mess with the Kardashians, I'm sure you've seen the memes go around on social media about, you know, uh, how many celebrities athletes that the kardashians have brought down you know by them dating them or whatever and even with rihanna i did a little article on that y'all go check that out that was like last year about her having curse box so i low-key feel like if it's like an r&b singer or somebody you know it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna like cause cause them to like suffer uh talent wise you know what i'm saying
1: yeah i mean i guess you could say that but you know right after his issues with this girl kalani like the next like what Next year or so, he won the trip. So it's like he kind of like reversed that. He was looking good out here for a minute. He was good out here for a minute, and then now this, like they lost, and now this stuff. So I'm like, oh man. But you know, it, it's sports. It's up and down. You you got to expect it. You know, like, you, and and it, it, it that's why people. I think people love sports so much because it's kind of an escape.
0: You know, because oh, no you doubt. you look
1: at you. You can look how the even how the media. Um, portrays the storylines like once the playoffs yeah. come they oh my god jr smith you know nobody wanted him he was on the knicks he was a bad boy he's getting in trouble all the time then he comes here he's married he has kids he wins a chip he's out here with his shirt off and in the, in a the parade <clears throat> you know they love these storylines you know so it's like boom now you come to this year and for, even for him like look at all the drama following him he had a new kid that was born premature oh yeah okay yeah Yeah, yeah, he was focused on that and then he was injured and then then they lose so it's like all of these like up and down storylines that kind of connect and it's just like man it's just it's sports though like uh, that that's part of what makes it so interesting it's not it's not a guarantee things are gonna go the way you think they will so i mean i guess just like you said maybe the conspiracy is that the Cavs just like everybody in the NBA knew the Cavs wasn't weren't gonna compete with Golden State, so they had to shake yeah. it up somehow. And this was the shakeup.
0: So let me ask you, know. what, what what do you think about D. Rose? Do you think that uh he's a good fit for the Cavs? What do you think?
1: Um, I'll put it to you this way. I have two perspectives on that. One, I feel like everybody that goes to play with LeBron, no matter what team they go they, they coming from, he almost like gives them a second life. You know, and not, and I won't I won't lie. Not with every single person because even with Darren Williams we talked about earlier, like he he didn't really give them anything in the playoffs, right? Mm. But you look at some of these other players that came to play with him throughout the time, Richard Jefferson and all of these guys, Shannon Fry. Like over time, like a lot of these dudes got a second win. Like they got to like inject themselves back into the storyline of things. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And um, I feel like he can have that opportunity. All of this nonsense that followed him when he was in Chicago and in, and, and with the Knicks, like, disappearing for a day or missing games, no, that's not going to happen. King James ain't putting up with that crap, so you already know that's nipped in the bud. So now he gets to, like, really dedicate himself to winning basketball. Well, you'll see what happens with Kyrie. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think when players know that they're losing, it brings out a different side of them. Mm. Think about it. If, if I lose every single game I play damn near, like... My level of dedication and like interest is gonna is gonna fade. Like True. it's like being in a relationship and every day you argue. Oh. After a while you're gonna be like, oh, man, whatever, yo <laughs> You really think you're gonna wake up in the morning and text your baby girl, like, yo, good morning. If her Hold box
0: up. is good, then yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah all right now, take that you're gonna take that box and still be annoyed like hell hey,
0: yeah that. take some tylenols to sort you know the argument give you a headache and just well,
1: roll with it shades shades and advil last night was mad real huh
0: oh, like i don't know oh
1: now i'm different though that's one thing about me i always tell people i'm different once once you're in my head like like you in my head and i'm like aggravated all that sex shit, like, it's is good, but I can't, I can't fuck with you. Like, I only want, t- want a girl touching me when I'm like, do no. Like, we need to deal with the problem at hand. We're not about to, like, fuck this problem away. Yeah. Nah.
0: i that different shit, like that. Yeah, all that shit is dead, huh? Good box or not. <laughs> I
1: don't know. Nah, fuck all that. Like, I don't care about that. Like, yo, if you, because, I don't know, for me, to me, real good sex is mostly mental. You know what I mean? Mm. Like a girl could be beautiful out there, like she could be amazing. But if she's not interesting, mm. and you don't have no emotional attachment or any feelings connected to that person, you're just, it's just two bodies smashing into each other. That's all it is. Mm. It, it's just carnal. And so you, there'll be some enjoyment, but I think the enjoyment is just to get to the finish line.
0: Connecting like, with somebody, it, right? Right? Yeah,
1: it's just to get to the finish line. Just, it's like boom, boom, boom. Okay, orgasm. I came. Boom. Bye. <laughs> you know what I mean? but if there's an emotional attachment it's like one you want to please that person you want Mm. them to be excited 2 you're hoping that they reciprocate the same emotion like they want to make sure you feel good and you're pleased and they're trying to do everything to make sure you you're feeling it and once you get two people involved that intensely oh my god that's it that's that's like the greatest sex ever this is just about two bodies touching each other then I could be fucking anybody. Like, I don't even have to be fucking you. It could be the girl next door, your best friend, your sister. It don't matter because that's all it's about. It's yeah. just a body on a body.
0: Now, we were talking about trending topics, but you said some deep shit. So we kind of went off. Well, nah, nah, <laughs> nah It's all good. It's you share some it's wisdom good. with some of these listeners, some of these young kids, y'all need to take note. It's not about body counts out here. You feel me? And, uh. Hey, like. <laughs>
1: hey, there's two ways to pimp, right? That's how I look at it, right? I, I learned from OG. There's two ways to pimp. You can either pimp through numbers or you pimp through quality. So it's quantity or quality. Mm. So if you out, if you wanted a week to meet a week, the weaker pimps are out here pimping through quantity. So it's just like how many bodies can you knock down? Word. It don't matter how cute she is. She could be <laughs> fat. She could be ugly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and so so you in your head you the man because every night you getting some. Yeah. Uh, right. That's cool. But to me, the real pimp out here is the dude that's getting the girls nobody can get. The ones that you can't get their attention. The one mm. that there's a thousand dudes in the DMs and she not paying them no mind. If you the guy that gets those on a consistent basis, now that's pimping. And if he can do that being honest, oh, he's ex he got extra pimp points to me because and I, I don't pardon me for using the word pimp, but I'm just making a point, right? Like, well, you can say you can say whatever you
0: want on this podcast. By the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, no, no. I keep saying real. to real,
1: listeners. Like I don't <laughs> want any women to listen and think I'm being disrespectful. At the end of the day, a player, a pimp, or whatever you want to call him. But if a man can be out here honest, I always tell dudes that I meet, it's better to be direct. Tell a woman I'm not I'm not in the space for a relationship right now. You know, and let mm. her let her give her the, uh, the the power to decide if she's down to. Have a little a, a buddy, a boyfriend number two, a homie lover friend, whatever you want to call it. Let yeah. her make that decision instead of leading her down a path of, yeah, baby, I love you. I'm trying to, I want you to be my girlfriend. I'm going to introduce you to my mother. And then the minute you get to box you out, mm. that's corny to me. That's not mm. really gaming. Anybody that thinks that's game is a corn because you're lying. You're, it's fake game. It's like telling somebody like before we even played basketball. Yo, bro, my handles is wavy. I'm across the front. Bro, I'm a And then, like, when it, when the game start, like, you can't even jump. Like, you can't even touch the backboard, and you got no shot. The same thing y'all doing to these women out here. Y'all telling them all, y'all selling them all of these dreams. And then when it comes down to it, y'all can't live up to the standards. So, to me, I look at it like, yo, think about your mother. Imagine if some dude came and played your mom like that. Imagine if you had a sister, and dudes is out here lying to your sister just so they could smash. We don't think about it in them terms, mm-hmm. but that's somebody mother, somebody sister, somebody daughter that you over there fronting on and lying to. So if, to me, if you throw that respect out there, I trust me because I I'm, I'm telling you, I embody this. If you honest, you'll find the women that can play this game with you. That's like I right, no doubt, I'm good. I'm out here focused on school. And all of this i don't need a man i don't need a boyfriend i don't want that headache we, mm. can, we can have fun we can go to movies every now and then and do what we do like they, they, there's a lot of women out here that wanted life mm. but if you all honest then you can get what you're looking for back without the headaches without the she's texting you all day long she's coming to your job because you're fronting and yeah. now you all like, oh, these women is crazy <laughs> you're lying you're fighting you're not being real so my 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 ode to everybody out here is to just be honest with each other, yo. It's way better if the woman's real and the man's real. We can get past a lot of this bullshit that we're going through right now right. with each other if we just honest. Like at the end of the day, you have to be when you're honest. Though you got to be willing to take honesty. That's another factor too. Mm, right. So if the woman's like, yo, well, I'm not interested. I'm trying to find a husband, or or you know what I mean, or, or or gets or settled down or whatever, and you're like. Well, you know what? I, I appreciate that you being real with me. Maybe we could just be cool and social media buddies or whatever. Or we can really get it in, like, later on. Or when I'm feeling them in that space, I'm going to hit you up because you right. a good one. Yeah. But, like, I always tell my female friends, like, a man know what you want from you. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like, you could, you could attest to this, too. Like, when you oh. see a woman, you're either thinking of them in two terms. Like, damn, bro, I need to know what that feel like. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I have to get that. I gotta get that just to know I have. No had
0: doubt. It. No doubt. That's real or, shit.
1: Or you like, nah, bro, that's wife material, yo. Like, damn, bro, she's special. Like, I get that's some shit I bring in my mother. My mother's gonna be like, boy, you better get that. Like, your friends, your friends gonna be impressed. Like, you're gonna be sitting here smiling all day long. <laughs> damn, I, that's my baby. Like, there's a pride to that. So we look at you from one or the other. Like, we, there's no in between with men. The minute that we meet you we already know
0: if you in category A or B. Man, you it's know? it's hard so though. That. It's hard for like for me. I got like I got like I got like three sisters and a mom. So any any female I bring around they already like they, they doubt it. They're like, no, hold on. I'm like, what's wrong with her? Why is she so quiet? Like, they low key be like, you know, <laughs> it's just recently they've they been kind of, you know, they don't, they don't, they don't be, they're not negative. They just extra protective because I'm like the only dude, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't get no slack. Like, I always feel like I'm making a wrong move because they just be looking out for me. Like, she's spending all your money? Like, she, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know no. what I'm saying? It's, it's like that. So, you know, I don't know if Blank. there could ever be a female that's just going to be like, just get. A hundred percent acceptance, you know what I'm saying? Coming to see my moms or whoever, but yep. that that leads us into this topic. Let's talk about Usher. We talking about? Let's 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 What what are your thoughts on that? You're a R and B singer. You're a ladies man. You know y'all 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 get them. You know what I'm saying? What are, what's your take? I don't know about a
1: ladies man. I'm just me, man. I,
0: just <laughs> right, right, okay. <laughs> what's nah, up, Usher? What, like, Though.
1: No, nah, I I don't know man. Listen, I was just talking about t- about this earlier. Like I can't. I was talking about him and R. Kelly, but like with Usher, like I can't. I don't have a bad word to say about my man, bro. I look I look up to Usher. Usher is one of those real ones to me. Like he um when, when, when it comes down to like those R and B singers that you look up, you look at and you're like, man, look at his career, or look at their career and look at what they've done and accomplished and how they've stayed on a certain path. He's what? What are those ones like? Besides the old school singers, you know, the Marvin Gaye's and all of that, and like the the, the Michael Jackson level of things. Mm-hmm. When you come to the newer generation, Usher, is that for us? You know, like it, the people that are old enough to look back and be like, "Damn, bro, Usher was out when he was a freaking little kid." Like yeah. he had Tim's on, and he was in videos with freaking um, who was he in the video with? Oh, Diddy. Diddy. Yeah, Diddy around. He Diddy oh, around. Yeah, Diddy around. He was in Tim's. He was like thirteen, fifteen or something like that. And my man's still relevant to this day. There's dudes that came out five years ago that ain't relevant anymore. That's true. in in R and B or hip hop, right? That's fair. And this dude's been out since forever. That's you know, so like think about how many groups ain't around that used to be around. How many singers used to be around when he first came around and they not around no more. TLC was popping back then. They ain't popping no more. You know what I'm saying? Like whoever, one (laughs) twelve, whatever any of these groups that used to be wavy, them people is all gone pretty much.
0: I mean, so, I, I have to say, I'm not surprised by this. Like, in the industry, yeah, all these dudes they are, get yeah, yeah, they yeah. get mad groupies. They're like all over the place. Kind of like that's a, how how many girls that got that from him probably the lower end groupies. You know what I'm saying? And didn't they? My, they yeah.
1: The only thing I the only thing I don't I don't respect about it is like like why are you why are you smashing joints that like with no protection though like that's my thing like cause somebody sued him re- like a second girl came for by 40 million yeah yeah Well, so, nah I showed him wallet <laughs> nah cause how you start how you start the lawsuit how you already put the number for the lawsuit out right <laughs> And then a day or two later you do like quadruple that number. Like we started at ten. One yeah. day, two days later you were in the news talking about it's forty now. What what news did you find out that made it worse? Well Why, I thought uh,
0: it was two different girls though, right? This is one for twenty nope.
1: It is two different girls, but the second girl I feel like I thought that was the girl I had a different number. I swear it, it was already a number for the second girl. That's what I'm saying. So I maybe I'm wrong. The
0: first girl was she doubled it because she she tested positive or whatever for it. Then the second girl came out. She's the one that did it for who was suing him for forty mil. I think it's the second girl.
1: That's crazy. <laughs> but but yeah, but he supposedly there's more girls on the way because there's something like when it was um famous. There's one of those famous lawyers, this female lawyer that always is with these. Like anytime there's some big scandal with like famous people, she's one of the lawyers involved, right? Yeah. So she supposedly have other women talking to her now. So people are like, "Damn, is this about to be like some Bill Cosby shit?" Yeah, like turn around, it's like yeah. twenty women out here. Right. But uh, my my thing again is like, if one, you shouldn't be smashing groupies with no condom. That's period. Because <laughs> You don't know. You don't know these girls from a hole in a wall, right? right. Two if you know you got that disease like i you still want to Mm. smash and you don't want to tell people because maybe it's not gonna get you none all right do you whatever i ain't approving but that's you do your thing but at least protect yourself bro like they said the first girl was talking like in because this was the funny thing is well not funny but the thing about it is this was supposed to be a sealed case Mm. he paid a million to the the first person that it happened to he paid a million dollars and it settled out of court. Wow. This was a and it was a sealed case, so I don't know who went and found what, but somebody put this out in public space, and this happened in 2012. Oh, okay. This is old news, Damn. like for the f- yeah, bro. So this is old news. So that girl supposedly said she saw green stuff coming out of his jaw,
0: <laughs> and she
1: which then she kept smashing him. So to me, if I was a lawyer, I would be like, well. And that's on you. If you got tested positive, <laughs> ain't that you? Like, you saw green shit coming out of right. somebody and you kept smashing. That Now, nah, whatever happened after that to me is your fault. Like, that, you got to be in some responsibility for that. Yo,
0: I, I I Usher sure got know. that goosebump shit coming out of his dick. You know, the nah, goosebumps bro. little green. Shit on his dick.
1: Yeah, I feel bad for my man. Oh, that is I crazy. crazy. I feel so bad for him because now every time I, I hear that song, let it let burn. it burn yeah <laughs> i just i just think about this man it's just, oh my bad gosh
0: this, yo man there's some other stuff going on too a lot of shit what do you think about that new cardi b i mean in new york y'all y'all know y'all got all the hottest stuff going on is it, is it really the hottest song of the summer nah for cardi
1: yo no this is um that bodak yellow gun nah. Cardi, like, I always, I gotta defend Cardi to some of my friends, like, some of my Wolfpack members, like, they be telling me like, yo, I'm wildin' for, like, really fucking with her, but I was with well her before she really mm. started doing the music and really blew up. Because On IG I with remember, the videos? Yeah, cause, yeah, exactly. Cause I remember her from the IG video, then I knew people that went to high school with her, or whatever, and, um, they used to tell me, like, she was cool or whatever, I heard some other things, whatever, whatever. Uh. Anyway, that's, <laughs> that that's neither here nor there, but, like, when i met her she was down to earth she was treating people with respect she was mad laid back and humble like there was kids like people's kids were around and she was like hugging them and taking pictures and videos and she was into the children like when they would leave she would make comments like oh she was so cute like she was really she's chill like and i kept telling people like yo a lot of the times, people get reputations, but you don't know these people. We just right. go on based off what you see online, so or on TV or whatever, right? Right. And I wouldn't want nobody to judge me off of that. So meeting her and getting to know her, like I, I don't say getting to know her, like I know her personally, but I know one of her managers, mm. and I, like I was, I was in the first episode of um, Love and Hip Hop, the from last season, what? right, the New York episode. So i was just an extra whatever like you know what i'm saying like i was just an extra and stuff but i got to be around to see her in that moment as well and like i said like she she's just a cool person to me she seems the humblest shit and then when if you remember any of her old videos from social media she used to always be real about it like i'm a capricorn so like i love people that are direct and honest and straightforward like she seemed like that type of person she would tell She'd be funny as hell, first of all, she was fucking hilarious. yeah, she'd right?
0: being a little in the whip with the shooting the videos. I saw that little car video,
1: <laughs> nah yo, she was always funny, but she made fun of herself, she made fun of her her industry, which she was a stripper in New York City, yeah. for those that don't know, but she was always humble with her shit, like I knew people that did like um single release parties or did events or met her in the strip club and they said she was always like down to earth she was just a regular chick like she wasn't acting Hasa diddy some of these strippers and these uh, these uh bottle service girls and these uh bartenders they, they some of them be on the Hasa diddy shit like they not just from the bronx or brooklyn or regular girls some of them get a little like they get a couple hundred thousand followers and they get it in their head that they mm. like above you see that a lot yeah. now you know, so, so it's whatever. Them hundred thousand people don't really care about you. So once some, those start once your beauty starts fading away, like now you're left with your personality, you won't see what happens. Mm. You know, if you don't leave a trail of like good um good encounters with people and like and like earn some kind of level of like uh reputation, all of that's gonna catch up to you at some point. So I feel like what's happening to her now is karma. Mm. She was always a good person.
0: I get that she too. And, like I yeah, I, and I don't th- even like watch I... Oh go ahead, go
1: ahead, go ahead. No 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 oh one more thing I wanted to say, like one thing I always loved about her that made me support her was when she was on social media telling her her story, she would always tell her story in a way like it was a cautionary tale. Mm. She didn't glorify it. She's not out here like look at my new boobs, look at my new ass, hey girls, look at this money, y'all ain't making money like me, like y'all need to come in this strip club and do this. No. Mm. She was like, yo, this strip club life sucks. Like, don't do this shit. Like, the only reason I ever got surgery was because I got into this life and I was trying to make some money. But then I realized, like, yo, the only people making money is the girls with the big asses and big tits. So now I got to get it. And -hmm. then over time, everybody got bigger and bigger ones. So it's like she's saying that. (laughs) Yeah, she's saying in that world, they just competing with each other to get more and more attention and when i looked at that i'm like wow like that's a powerful message now how many yeah. girls are gonna see it and actually take it for what she means right i don't know but the fact that she's laying it out there like that i she earned my respect that's what yeah,
0: i get that from her like because generally i don't like none of the love of hip-hop none of the thotties on there whatever But like when <laughs> i like i heard her her shit that shit was fire though like and like when i see her personality like i don't even think of her that way like you said she has a different kind of energy um yeah so i'm yeah, yeah. shout and out to she's really her.
1: about this she's really trying to do the music like she's dedicated to it like she's putting song after song that's wavy out she's putting like she's had two eps out this year like she's working yeah she's not just trying to drop some little single and then pray y'all like it and like no she's working she's out here like doing the work so you got to respect that yeah.
0: and ain't nobody gonna mess with her posted up with all those bloods <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean hey, like <laughs> no, I don't know, man. Yo, she rap she in that red light. She's really rapping. That. I see that.
0: Yo, what do you what do you think about that new Meek Mill album? Did you get a chance to listen to it yet?
1: Man, of course I did, man. What's your I, thoughts? I, that's another one of those people that I've been defending for like a year. Really? Now, okay. <laughs> yeah, all these Drake stands coming at my boy Meek. Yeah, like, I, you know what I mean? Yeah, he
0: caught he took a lot of L's though, man. Like yeah, Even I mean, the universe like you got said, his ass. I saw that video where he slipped off the front porch this past winter.
1: Nah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> What's going on <laughs> with him? <now?
1: laughs> well, see, no, but I got a question for you though. Like, okay, who the hell posts these things? That's my question. So, if I'm your homie and I caught that on tape, why am I putting that online? That's that's a com- that's a conversation right there, bro. Because any of us, none of us, can say we never slipped. We never had a moment yeah. like this, <laughs> snowing outside and maybe we kind of like, you know, did a little yeah. stumble. Come on, man. Everybody's yeah. had those moments. Every Almost every famous singer has fallen off stage. Yeah. Off. Have
0: like, you fallen off stage so, yet? Nah, not nah, I'll that pray that you come never come do, on, man. man. Like, I hope not. Don't put that on no, me. No, no, I'll pray you well, never no, do. At-
1: Nah, nah. I might want that to happen because that means I'm putting in work. Yeah, that's how I look at it. I look at it different. That means I'm not standing still in the middle of the stage like I'm a fucking rapper. Like I'm Uh, out out here, I'm out here dancing. I'm out here moving. I'm I'm doing. I'm giving the people a show. Like if you're really out here doing a show, things might happen. I don't. I'm not even. I'm fine with it. If I fail, I'm getting right up and going with the song. You Yo, know, to me it's a new age right now people want to be entertained that's why people are jumping true. in the crowd good or bad people like tory lanes yeah they climb in on scaffolding and they you know people want to be entertained <laughs> they don't want to go to a show and watch you stand around right?
0: that's true though so so you listen to the meek mill album you thought it was good or on a scale of one to ten ten being probably the best album one being whack well how would you rate it
1: um i think it's if it's not his best album it's one of his best albums and the reason being is because it has some it's grown you mm. can see growth and that's i think what most people that knock him want to see they want to see growth they want you to stop talking about rollies and what is he had a line okay he's still talking about watches but he moved to protect watches now okay so that's that but <laughs> now he, he said uh, he had a line in there he was like uh no more rollies um no more i forgot this uh, verbatim what the line was but he said something like no more rollies i'm buying property or something like that." Yeah, so I heard that. He's, yeah. Yeah, so he now he's already instilling in you that, yo, use your money in a different way. You know, he, he's talking about young black America. Like, he he has lines about Trump not liking us. He got lines about, you know, like, as soon as his ex got a big head, he's like, whoa, Gina. You know, like, <laughs> so, you know, he he's putting real shit yeah. in his music. And, like, you, you got to respect it, bro. He, there's some, I don't know who he's talking to, but there's somebody that was in his camp that, did some shady shit and he talking to the person he was like i ain't gonna say his name but he gonna feel it in every line mm. he's talking to this person and he's telling him like yo remember when we used to be doing this and doing that and like we on this end of it now and like i said i gotta respect it the name of the album is wavy wins and losses that was a dope ass album title yeah and the way he's looking at wins and losses is the way you're supposed to it's like sometimes people look at things and think it's a loss Or it's a a bad thing, and then and when when you look back in time, it actually was a blessing. You know, it's like getting fired from a job. They always like people are so scared to get fired. Don't get me wrong. Don't be out here getting fired left and right, people. But (laughs) like you know, like sometimes being fired is a good thing because you might be stagnant. You might be in a job that you wanted Mm. to quit three years ago, and then getting fired just got you up your ass and got you.
0: you know, mm-hmm. to get
1: out that situation. Because if you if they didn't fire you, you wasn't going to quit. Still
0: be there, yeah. Like, I see it yeah, so happen like, to people. And they, they ended up with better opportunities. So rest real talk. Yep.
1: Exactly. So that's the way he looking at it. He's like, yo, some of these things, like me being locked up, he's like, yo, I was moving too fast. Mm-hmm. He was like, I might have died in these streets if I didn't get locked up this last time. So in the moment, it was bad. And, like, he looking at his PO and the whole state of of, of you know, you know, the whole city of Philadelphia, like, yo, come on, get off me. Like, I'm trying to do good right now, you know? Yeah. But but getting arrested calmed him down. It slowed him up. Like, he was dead out. He said it. He was like, yo, I was in these streets. I was still in the hood, hanging out on the stool. Like, I'm bugging. Like, I'm, I'm Meek Mills. I'm out here with these diamond chains and cars and traveling the world and I'm, I want to sit out here in the hood like, with the regular folk. Like, I'm regular still, you know? And God bless him if he still want to touch the people, but like Charlemagne always say, you got to do that in passing. You got to come to the hood for a reason and then leave. Because I don't care what nobody say with that whole, oh, you fake, you, you left the hood, you ain't yeah. coming back. They don't want you to really be there because then the, the savages come out and then they're going to start trying to rob you or they're going to say, oh, you're you, you showing us up. You're you walking around these jewels and this fancy car. You're yeah. trying to show us up. Like So either way, it's going to be a negative. So it's better that you come in, touch the people, give back. Show them that you still, you know, remember them, and get the hell out. Go back to where you're supposed to be at. Cause I don't. People keep forgetting the hood, the projects is temporary. We we no. we forget that. We we get so much. We we fight for these things. Like what Hope said, some line about dying for a a, a, a dying for a block or a neighborhood that your mother don't even own type shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we get so caught up in these streets that we think we own them. Like, these ain't our blocks, these not our hoods. We don't own these projects. They kick us out the minute that something happened. And you know, that Why, very we got...
0: well being in New York with the whole gentrifying y'all's tore up
1: gentrification, gentrification
0: yeah, yeah. tore up pretty much changed everything in New York, you know. That's yeah, proof. especially
1: in Brooklyn, especially in Brooklyn. They try to me, they tried it in Harlem, but like before they even really went at it with Brooklyn. And for some reason, Harlem, I don't know, it, it really hasn't worked the same way. Mm. Like, some parts got gentrified, but it's not on the level as it as it has been. And maybe it's the stadium, because they built that stadium downtown Brooklyn. Um, and I don't know if that's really propelled the speed of things, mm. but if you grew up in Brooklyn or you remember it as a child, like, it's nothing like what it used to Whoa. be. Not nothing, bro. Like... The, you know, like, you might walk through an old neighborhood and be like, oh, that's the school, or that's the, that's the store, or that's the... You know, like, you, you have memories attached to these places. Yeah. They're all gone. It's completely different. You know, and it's just a completely different energy. So I have a and, question
0: for you, though, because, since you said, you feel like the Barclays Center kind of propelled the, the whole gentrification process. Seeing that Jay-Z kind of spearheaded that, and i heard a lot of people i well yeah kind of i would say spearheaded it a lot of people feel like he sold out the community there because in the end you know he pretty much had certain shares in it which he no longer really if I, correct me if i'm wrong is no longer really involved in that financially no he
1: sold his share he sold right. his share to so
0: do you how do you what's your take on jay-z because now he has because i did want to also ask you about the 444 album but this is a good way to get into that because he's now taking his new approach and again, he's pretty much Nas in 1990. Nas' his whole career on this album, if you ask me. <laughs> but oh, but well, then that's
1: how you're looking at it. And
0: yeah, but then seeing that, I mean, first of all, to answer that question for for that question, do you think that he sold out the comi- the Brooklyn community?
1: I don't. I don't believe so. I, I think he looked at it like it was an opportunity. It's an opportunity for a stadium and a team to come to this to our to borough and. Whether Jay Z was involved or not, the shit was gonna happen. Mm. Like sometimes people think they have more power than they really do. Like mm. when when somebody of that ilk, of that ilk like billionaire from Russia, I believe, a oil man, wants to get some shit done, you really think that the peop- the, the powers that be in New York City not gonna bow and towel to him? Like, come on, bro. he's moving the team from Jersey, he's moving it to Brooklyn. That's happening. I don't like y'all can fight it all you want to, that's nice and stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you protest. But there's a certain level of when things are gonna happen, they're gonna happen. Like, and I feel like as people, we just have to understand that because when we get into power, we're gonna have the same mentality. Like, if you own the business, nobody, none of your workers gonna tell you what's gonna happen and what's not gonna happen. Right. You're like, yo, listen, well, whose name is on this on this door? Like, you're gonna have a level of like understanding. Like, yo, I own this, and it's gonna move accordingly. And so, to me, it's like. Downtown Brooklyn, they had what? What was it? Not the Navy Yard though. Like it's a train. It was like a train yard that wasn't being utilized at all. Mm -hmm. So like that area had some stuff, but it wasn't to the level it is now. So and uh, there's there's still a lot of the same stores that used to be there, but otherwise like it was gonna happen. And to me, like the opportunity for jobs and stuff like that with people working at the stadium. I don't know the percentage of people that work in the stadium that actually live in Brooklyn, but just the fact that there's a new stadium, that means there's jobs for New York City, period, right? Mm. Um, just the fact that now people have to come to Brooklyn to go to shows or events, so they have to think of Brooklyn in a different way. Mm. So it's changing them, and the, yeah, Brooklyn changed, so maybe that's the reason they look <laughs> at it differently, but they also changed some of the names of the, 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 the neighborhoods, too, mm. to accommodate it. So um, I feel like, what was it? Um, I think it was before it was Bed-Stuy. Everybody know Bed-Stuy, Do and Die. That's where, you know, Biggie's from. Mm-hmm. And I think, I I might be wrong, but I remember hearing a story that they changed it to Stuyvesant Heights or something like mm. that, right? So they they, they it in the name, so the stigma that might have been with it changes as well.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> and no.
1: so to me, I, I look at gentrification mm. with a pro and a con. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, all of these stores that us that lived in the neighborhood always wanted now they're here but the con is now we can't afford to really stay there unless we have like a built in um or oh, what do you call that uh affordable housing system right. like okay. yeah. and so like maybe your grandmother lived in that a building for years so mm. now you you can stay in that apartment building otherwise we probably got to move mm. but so it's like it's like a pro and a con it's like good things are happening to the neighborhood we love but then we can't really enjoy it because some of us are going to have to leave because it's going to be too, too expensive. expensive. Yeah. So it's a pro and a con to it. And like as a businessman, I think Hogue just took an opportunity because they were coming to his borough. He's probably the biggest name for that borough at the moment. And they utilized him to kind of gain favor with it. He, he, he did what he, he had to do as a businessman. He invested in it. And when it like blew up, he jumped out. Mm. You know, You buy low and you sell high that's interesting what america teaches you to do as a businessman that's it
0: yeah i don't think maybe i've talked to enough people to because like i mean it's going on in cleveland too a lot of our historic neighborhoods but i never like talked to many people about the gentrification usually it's always a negative um point of view and that's interesting that you were able to point out a pro to the situation you know something positive which you know that's i think that's interesting um i but
1: it's usually just positive for people who can afford take advantage of it, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Like, it yeah if you're like on the higher class of it then you can really take advantage of it if you've been in the neighborhood a long time you might hear the older people speak of it differently they might look at it like yeah good let's get up let's get rid of all of these bad seeds all the people that they build a new a new basketball court and some some idiot comes and breaks the rib or or defaces the block or you know litters everywhere on the corner like some people might look at it like yeah get rid of those people because they don't appreciate nothing yeah and other people might be like well all this nice stuff's coming but i can't even go to that starbucks because now i gotta move to you know farther in the brooklyn or to another borough or another state because y'all raising the rent on everything because right. everything's more expensive so i mean i i get why people will be angst about it trust me i do but i also feel like there's a reason all this happens and we have to start understanding why these things happen, and instead of just knocking them. We have to look at why they happen. You know, because I feel like the reason that, um, the reason Brooklyn and Harlem and the Bronx starts getting gentrified is because Manhattan starts becoming too expensive. Mm. So mm. now, where where the people who live in Manhattan can't afford it, they start looking for ways to move out of Manhattan but be close enough to Manhattan. So they move to Queens first, right? Mm-hmm. It's right across the bridge. They can just get here in a couple of minutes. Right. Then they start going downtown Brooklyn because it's on. Just jump on a train. You over the bridge. You right there. You move up to the Harlem. It's it's still technically considered Manhattan, right? Right. So right. that's what that's what's happening. They they move into the corners of the city. They do, they want to still be in the city, but they can't afford it either. And so they have to move into your neighborhoods. And because we don't own shit in these neighborhoods, because we don't we don't come together and really and get things organized in these neighborhoods, we have no say. Mm. Do we own the buildings? No. Do we own the stores that sell us products? No. It's all these other nationalities come into our neighborhoods and sell us goods. Mm. And then and and what happens? When, when the money comes in, they don't keep the money in those neighborhoods. They take the money right out of whatever neighborhood they sell it in and send it home to their country, or they, they take it to whatever part of town they, they eventually move to. Mm. Maybe they move to Long Island or they move to Staten Island or whatever, but that's that's on us. We need to start coming together and really become a community and like owning some shit, buying these buildings we live in, buying these houses, supporting each other. When a black-owned business pops up on the corner... We gotta go and check in and make sure that that person's good and give them our money. Nope, we rather go to the Chinese store. We rather go get our nails done from you know from the Asian lady or or go to you know the the, the fast food restaurants that we've been trained to believe we should eat at. Right. Instead right, of yeah. you know instead of going to the mom and pop restaurant that just opened, we don't support each other. So we have to kind of look at things from both sides of things instead of just pointing fingers, blaming, and complaining all day long.
0: Yes. Yeah. I feel it. No, that's a thank you for shedding light on that. I'm sure a lot of people appreciate that. If I had a little applause button, I would hit that joint. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Yo, and one that's an interesting topic too, because I know Harlem. They're trying to change the name to Soha or some shit like that.
1: Oh, see, I ain't even hear about.
0: Yeah, it was like a meme going around, and I looked it up, and it's like for real. They're trying to like vote to change the name of Harlem to Soha or some shit. Nah,
1: that's never happened.
0: Yo, I yeah. promise you it was like viral.
1: <laughs> nah, never happening, bro. I'm, I like, I've lived in all, almost every part of New York, but Harlem is where I feel my heart's connected to. Like, it's just something about Harlem, bro. Like, I can't even explain it. It's an energy. It's a vibe. It's a community thing. It it's is. like I don't know. You just feel like you just feel part of something, and you just it's a bravado. It's an energy, right? Yeah. The minute you change the name, that's gone. Right. It did the Harlem Renaissance. How do you how do you go back to that if the name don't exist anymore? Right. There you All go. these famous rappers that always represent Harlem, these mm-hmm. famous singers, these blues and these jazz musicians that were born in Harlem. Like the history is gonna change the name in the books. Like that's gonna be so corny. And so hard. like that doesn't even have no <laughs> swag to it. So <laughs> That sounds so dry and corny, like. Right? Yeah. gonna be like? Where you from, it <laughs> Sound like a prison, like. You know, let's, or an alternative high school, like. Yeah. No, nobody wants to represent no school. Get
0: out of here. <laughs> oh man, that that's what's going on, man. I saw like an actual article. I don't know if they're still trying to get that roll, ball rolling on that or not. I hope not. I hope that shit crash and burn on that, but
1: i mean I'll, I'll look it up and, and really and come back to you on it but I, I haven't heard nothing I, I mean i just moved from there like in um october i moved to brooklyn but like no i, I haven't heard anything though Where
0: well, what borough are you originally from
1: see that i wasn't born here i was born in st lucia i was born in the island oh okay i'm an island, I'm an island boy so i was born in st lucia i lived in texas uh for a while shout out to to the south um, and then I lived in I lived in New York. I lived in Brooklyn. I lived in the Bronx. Basie Yankee Stadium. I lived in Queens. I lived in um, Harlem. I lived in the Upper West Side. I moved a lot. Mm. Um, I lived in Denmark even for almost a year. Wow. So I, I've lived in a lot of different places. I'm almost like an army brat, you could say. But. But, I mean, it's good because it's allowed me to see different things. I I guess that's why I have a different perspective than a lot of people. Because some people live on one block, on one corner for their whole life, and they only see that perspective. I've I've seen, you know, different levels of of, of things to know how different people see life. You know, people with money, without money, you know, different races, different ethnicities, countries, you know. And so I've traveled a good bit, so I kind of like, I feel like that's helped me shape me to be a more
0: rounded person that's what's up speaking of we're kind of talking about socioeconomic status and all this different stuff it kind of goes into the next topic this week uh nav i don't know if you're familiar with his work oh um
1: yeah 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 the dude uh he signed
0: to um ovo xo 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 XO. okay
1: (laughs) now ovo is drake ovo the weekend yeah
0: yeah. okay okay now he uh what are he's playing tic-tac-toe or bingo or whatever the xo ovo whatever i don't know what the <laughs> ovo xo
1: because that when when the weekend was fucking with drake back then that's what they used to always say ovo xo
0: yeah 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 now he got cited recently because he says the n-word a lot of his music and he comes from like a indian background indian
1: background yeah, yeah. You,
0: he- you heard about that controversy a little bit
1: i uh, yeah i didn't read what he wrote he wrote a- there's some statement he released or something but i i, I kind of saw it on um a- on everyday struggle, they were talking about. Yeah,
0: it. Um, yeah, yeah. He pretty much said that he's gonna stop using it in his music. Um, yeah. How do you, How do you feel? What's your take on that situation?
1: See, I, I have a completely different take. Again, I told you I'm a little different um, than most people. I feel like the when when people say things like "oh, the word the N word," we took the word back and we took the power out of it, right? Right. Um. If if we really took the power out of the word, right, if people are using it but not in, like, a negative way or in, like, a, the N-I-G-G-E-R way, <laughs> if, they're not, if, if they're not using the hard E-R at the end, if they're, like, on the G-A, like, yo, what up, my nigga? Like, if it's more, like, on that level yeah. and they come from the – and this is the caveat, though, that like they come from the same socio backgrounds um, you know backgrounds that yeah. we come from they they lived in the project they came from the hood they they they, they basically lived the same lifestyle we live and they that word is common where we from right if they're using it in those in that terminology and we say that we took the power of the word away then we why would we have a problem with it mm. if if my, if my he's he's a brother to me he's brown skin he looked just like me. I have Indian in my family. My great grandmother is, is is from Calcutta, India. I did a research paper on my grandmother on my mother's side, and I found that out. Mm, right. Okay. So my great grandfather is from France. My great grandmother is from Calcutta, India. So technically, that's my brother. That dude is family to me. Mm. You know when they say you got Indian in your family because you got <laughs> nice coolie, coolie yeah. hair or whatever, right? And <laughs> right. in the and in the islands, like where, like I'm from the islands, right? But in the Caribbean islands, like Indians are a big part of our, you know, of our makeup. Right. right. Especially in islands like, um, like, uh, Trinidad. Right. Mm-hmm. Indians are a big part of the makeup. They call it, like coolie or whatever. Right. So to me, I look at him, like he, a, he, my brother, like if home, if homeboy and we grew up on the same block, went through the same shit and that's how everybody else speaks. But you telling me that one dude can't say that word, but, He's going through the same things we're going through, and we supposedly took the power out the word, right? Right, right. So we really line ourselves if we tell ourselves we took the power out when somebody's using it in a in the nice way, in the way we use it, and we can't even fuck with it. We still get offended. So then the power ain't out the word. Right. So if that's the case, we should just all stop using the shit. Yeah, I, I like it's, that.
0: I definitely like that last line. Like, I totally agree. with That's an interesting perspective. Like, I did an article on it before it became, like, trending, because it had come up earlier this year, and, like, I took the, the opposition, because I think it was a, I forgot what article I kind of I looked at that inspired me to write on it. She, she, the writer herself is actually of Indian descent, and she was an advocate like he shouldn't be using it, and she laid out a lot of good points, but I think like you said and I, you can't stop people from using it if they relate to it some type of way and especially the way people use it so freely and so loosely you know what i'm saying and like you said the best way is probably just if everyone just stopped using it which they're not so with that being said it's kind of like i mean but yeah, t- where
1: do we go from where exactly. do we go from here because i feel like i feel like at some point when i like and this is a thing that i first of all there's a misconception right our generation didn't make this word a cool thing yeah. Because yeah. Richard Pryor and all of them was using nigger before we even yeah, came. Were, you know what I mean? Before yeah, we yeah. came around. If you go look at some of them old comedies, like them old TV shows, the old movies they used to do, like even stand-up, they used to say that word frequently, right? So that was generations before us, right? So that point clear. So people can stop making it seem like NWA and that generation made this thing cool. No, that shit was already something they were doing beforehand. But the second factor is I feel like at some point when I was a kid, there were certain things we said amongst each other we wouldn't say around certain people. And I don't think that that's happening anymore. Mm -hmm. Now, if I'm on a bus or I'm out on a train or I'm out in public, I just feel like people talk the way they talk all the time. So, yo, my nigga, did it. It It don't matter if there's an old lady here, some white person next to them. In their (laughs) heads, it's like, well, this is who I am and I'm going to talk that way. But you don't understand by, by doing that, You are conditioning these people to feel either uncomfortable with the way you communicate or a younger version of those people to think, hey, well, that's how they talk. Mm. And so nothing can be wrong with it because I hear them say it all the time. So it's not even just about entertainment. It's not just I just hear it in songs because I hear you say it to yourself all the time. You on the street, you saying it to each other. Mm You on the train, you talking like that, loud in front of everybody. You get into an argument. Like in public, and man, nigga, I don't give a fuck. Like, that. so now you're just constantly, people are constantly hearing the word, even though the word's supposed to be gone, right? right? And my my feeling about it is like, people gotta understand something. The majority of the fans that actually purchase hip hop music are white.
0: Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, that's a like that's it, a that's been a well known fact for a while. Yep,
1: right like 70 to 75% of the purchasing power in hip-hop is white people. Mm-hmm. So you go to a, a... I go to a... It don't even have to be an Eminem concert. I could go to a um, Wu-Tang concert. Wu-Tang, right? Yeah. I go to a Wu-Tang concert, and most of the people in the audience are going to be white. people. I go to a 50 Cent concert, most of the people in the audience are going to be white. And then he'll get on stage and say, nigga, shoot him in the head, nigga. And so you're telling me a crowd of 70,000 people and out of the 70,000 50 of them are white people and every time that word come up they supposed to censor themselves right. we need to make better choices if we telling people they can't use the word and we know most of the people that listen to our music are a certain ethnicity you got to be a little bit smarter about what you make what 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 your argument is because then your argument seems like it makes no sense it's right. like yo don't use the word even in a nice way but I'm about to say it 50 times in this song. And I want you to buy the song, but I don't want you to... I want every time that word comes, I want you to just remember not to say it. And, and, if you, if you, and, if, and if in your privacy of your own home, you listen to that song, I still want you to censor yourself because if somebody films you singing that song and it gets out, I'm, we're going to come after you. It's like, bro, an argument is weak. Mm. I, I like. I was in, on the debate team. I always wanted to be a lawyer. To me, if we're going to make a valid argument about something, let's make sure our argument is strong before we come out against stuff. This is a weak argument mm. to me. And mm. like I say, I'm not saying everybody should be able to willy-nilly use the word, walk around saying it. But if people have grown up in a neighborhood and gone through a similar plight as you, it's almost like a rite of passage in my belief, bro. Because the reason they're using that word is because they look at you as their brother it's just i say oh my nigga like that's how we use it mm-hmm. and so they're looking at you just like okay james and ray ray y'all talk to each other that way y'all mad cool y'all grew up on a block together mm-hmm. my name's jonathan i'm white my mother lived in this neighborhood right on the same corner we all grew up together played ball together mess with the same girls went to the same high school but y'all could talk to each other that way but i can't talk to you that way
0: yeah and see that that that's the point right there that makes sense like when you say like the two characters the two black kids are using it it starts with them how that's going to be if they don't use it then jonathan won't use it you see what i'm saying
1: exactly that, he that, won't because yeah, yeah. he's far re- he's far removed from slavery times and Jen, and J- jim crow The only way he's ever going to bring that word out of his mouth in a negative light is if his parents have instilled that crap in him, right? Other than that, it's because it's part of pop culture. Hip-hop is pop culture now. Mm -hmm. We are the dominating music right now. So if that's the case, that means the word and the nigga word is being bleeped out in so much music on the radio. Like, Mm -hmm. let's say you worked at an establishment and you just put on top 100 music. Most of the songs that's going to play is going to be Migos, Future. um, Right. You know, like, it's going to be those artists. So it's like, yo, if we're pop culture now, we've got to, again, make a decision. If y'all telling people, this is, you got to accept us for who we are and this is our culture. You either have to understand that it's going to come out. It's going to bleed into some people using it in that cool, in that they think they cool way. It's like anything else. If something's trendy. Don't most people go and chase it down? Yeah, they do. If it's cool to wear a bandana, people gonna wear a bandana. It's cool to wear (laughs) a long white t-shirt.
0: I got one on, (laughs) by the way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, fact.
0: But I've been doing this back in the day since the mid-90s, you know. I'm glad to see the old-school styles coming back.
1: (laughs) So I, I look at it like it's just trendy. It's like anything else. Like, when they tried to say that the Kardashian, like Kim Kardashian made braids cool, people was like, man, get the fuck out of here. Like... (laughs) <laughs> We've been yeah, doing yeah. cornrows for how long? Like, But she just made it something that people were doing now. So it became a trendy thing, right? right. Rihanna cut her hair a certain way. Everybody want to cut their hair that way, right? right? Um. Uh. What's her name? What shorty that was married to um, Wiz Khalifa? Amber Rose, Amber Rose. Got the short blonde Caesar, right? Yeah. <laughs> some, some girl out there going to get a blonde Caesar because Amber Rose did it. So if I'm a little kid, right? I'm a teenager or whatever, whatever color I am, it don't matter. We got to look at this from a certain perspective. I'm whatever kid you want to name me, right? I'm listening to my favorite artist and he says certain things. I want to be cool. I'm going to be in the mirror acting like Jay-Z or acting like 50 or Eminem or The Weeknd or Michael Jackson or whoever, no matter what color kid you was growing up in the 90s or the 80s or whatever, you like Michael Jackson, you was trying to moonwalk. Right. You was trying to find some fucking some glowing glitter gloves.
0: Right, right.
1: You was fucking grabbing your balls and going, hit, hit. <laughs> you was doing that. Your color didn't matter. So how come now, all of a sudden, if my favorite artist is a rapper and he says the word nigga a lot, I, now I have to think before I react as a kid. That's not gonna happen. Yeah. Kids are gonna look at something and just react to it, like, "Oh my God, I love this! This is so cool! This is wavy! This is what's popular right now!" They're gonna just do it. That's mm-hmm. it. It's like when you are around a little kid. If you curse too much, what do they do?
0: They're gonna curse. Yeah, no doubt, Bro, I tell it. you this though. I just I'm glad that Nav came out and just deaded the whole arguments. Like, I'm just not gonna use it in my music. I mean, I think he took the. I think he has a higher understanding. You know what I'm saying? Just to
1: just. Yeah. You know what I mean? He did, just, he did, but I also feel like some of that comes from. I don't want to take it away from him. Some of that is probably him just going, "Yo, before this become a big issue, let me nip it in the bud." But I also believe that part of it is the fact that, and they made this assessment on. Um, Got to give credit where credit is due to Joe Buttons and DJ Academics. Yeah, I saw that Struggle, episode. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because
1: because they said that they said that it's probably because he's attached to the weekend, mm. and the weekend is a pop artist. And so, you connected to that dude, you can go pop. You can become a big name. And so, why have this controversy around you at such an early stage in your career when you don't necessarily need it? Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So, he can nip it in the bud. But, like, I think Joe said this. I mean, he was like, yo, he's of darker complexion. He, he could have just kept going with this he and front have, of like, yo, yeah. my, my great grand my, my grandfather black or some shit. Like, like... At the end of the day, like, whatever. Like, I, I'm be honest with you. If Eminem was in a room with a bunch of rappers and said the N-word, most of them probably wouldn't give a fuck. No, they wouldn't. I'm just being a hundred. Like, if any rapper right now hears my voice and hears me saying that and can tell me honestly, if he was in a room with Jay or with 50 or with Dr. Dre when they was making all that music they was making and Eminem grew up the way he grew up and was best friends with proof and all of that, and he said the word nigga, like, you no know, my nigga, nah, like, they're not punching Eminem in the face or <laughs> hanging him off a fucking balcony. Right. Like, come on! Like, stop lying. You know what I'm saying? Like, so at the end of the day, it's I know what they say now is like if it's upon the person that's oppressed to let you know if what you're doing offends them, right? right? But I also do believe that this new generation and this new world we in is way too PC. Mm. It's way too PC. It's like nothing you can't say nothing to nobody without offending them so that means a comedian has to censor himself before he even makes a joke right right. damn we take ourselves so serious we can't even laugh at ourselves no more we can't even laugh at ourselves like comedians used to make fun of asian people driving about black people liking chicken and watermelon about white people smelling or whatever (laughs) like they used to make jokes about everybody it was equal like they just attacked anybody after a while right now you can't make fun of nobody because they all offended, and to me, what is gonna do and you can look at i haven't researched this, and I like to research things before I make claims, but I have a feeling like the- like the um that like the um suicide rates are probably higher than they've been ever
0: I think so or in a long yeah. time i wouldn't
1: i wouldn't and, and how many public shootings was happening in the nineteen sixties and the nineteen seventies in the nineteen eighties right Something's wrong with kids now where they can't take pressure. So now we tell people, oh, anti-bullying, don't let nobody bully you, da 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 A lot of that stuff, I ain't saying it's good. But you can't tell me that some of the stuff we went through that we can, at that moment we thought was bad, we look back on and say, yo, it made me a stronger person. Right, right.
0: No, definitely, I agree. You know I mean? It's like an extra sensitive uh, era we're living in, you know what I'm saying? I totally agree. Yeah,
1: we we giving little kids trophies for participation. <laughs> like, bro, you you was on the team, so here you go, you get a trophy. You ain't yeah. play one minute, you ain't play a minute on the court, yeah. but you getting the trophy. Well, for what? Like, like even at at six or seven or eight years old, you have to understand life is going to throw you disappointment. But then I will say, I, I will say this lost.
0: though, I will say this though. The only difference between the past decades, if you were getting bullied at school, I got bullied. I fought fat dudes and all that. But the thing. <laughs> The oh, thing. see you. You see you fat shaming. Oh, uh, yeah, right. I'm That's fat shaming, right? <laughs> <you> <laughs> Yo, That's the only the you. only difference though is, so you get bullied at school back in the day. You only gotta see 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 them at lunch, when you on your way to school maybe, or running home from school. Once you get to the house, you pretty much straight unless you gotta go out whatever. Now, yeah, 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 The bad part is you do all that, come home, get on Facebook, and them same people are back on you back you know what i'm saying that's right they're back right you're right it's like it it doesn't end from the time you wake up to the time you turn your phone off at night so it's like it is more intense now you don't get a break from it
1: you're right you're right because it's a 24 hour news cycle because it's like everything is on all the time like yeah you're right There, there is an intensity level that's increased and i think that's part of the reason why kids and young adults and teens are stressing more because one, the expectations are, are at a certain level, and two, it's like you just constantly getting berated with something. Like right, right. If, if you if you if you mad at your girlfriend, you can see everywhere she's at. You can see she having fun. You can mm. see some other dude left her coming <laughs> under her thing. Nightmares, before. dude. Nightmare. Yeah. Before, <laughs> if you argue with your girl, you hang up the phone. Yeah, y'all just in y'all houses alone, whatever. You don't know what's going on right. now. Oh, so so you hung up with me, and now you out here with Susie, or oh, you at the club, or oh, you out here. Oh, so you letting him leave you heart eyes under your picture. So it's it, it, oh, it's a lot man. more intense now. It's twenty four seven coming at you, and yep. like I understand what you're saying to a level that it should be watched, right? Yeah. But I just think we go like my thing, a big thing for me in life is balance. And I think we've lost balance. Yep, we, yeah. We've either gone too far to the left, too far to the right. We either got too soft or we go too hard with things. So either we like three strikes and you out. We want a maximum. or you smoking weed. or you're a criminal. We're going to put you in jail. Or we, we don't do shit to nobody. And we just let people live their life and do whatever the hell they want. Like, you kind of have to have a middle ground. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, even something simple like... You see how hard they went after people who was on crack and all that back in the day, right? Right, right. Now people are on all these opioids and stuff and all these over the counter drugs, and they ain't, they ain't trying to arrest nobody. Now they want to give everybody therapy. Mm, but now
0: you know that's you know that's racial behind that, you know, because this is it this is. is oh yeah, of no it doubt. Is, But it, you know.
1: it's just so fucking like, come on, <laughs> yeah, bro, like, yeah. Come on, like meth. So you telling me meth dealers don't? They're not violent. <laughs> They don't. They don't. They don't steal each other's stash. They're not killing each other for for, for for yo. You selling on my area? Like the meth labs don't blow up and kill people, right? No, right? None of that's happening, right? And and like I just started watching this new show. What is it? Snowfall? I think. It I is. think
0: I heard of that. Yeah.
1: Come oh, up. and it's like yo. So you telling me it's okay for a TV channel to put a show on TV? that exposes the fact, which is always, if you ever knew something about something, you used to hear this rumbling, or if you did your research, that the CIA is the reason why crack and cocaine came into our neighborhoods. So now a TV show is telling you that this is a fact. They're putting it out there like, like how cocaine came (laughs) into America, and it's the CIA running all of this shit and it's like, oh, so now a little kid, little Johnny, is watching TV, and oh, oh, this is how it happened to my grandfather. Like, okay, yeah. like, come on, bro, this, this shit is crazy. It dude. is it's crazy. Just, it's funny to me, like how, 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 like life works. But
0: it is crazy. What's crazy too is talk more about your brand, man. You came on the show tonight. I mean, really, really engaging oh, conversation.
1: Talk about, before I'm sorry for cutting you off. Before I talk no, about our brand, yeah. I don't want you to just disrespect Jay Z and like nah, ah. not. <laughs> Not allow me to talk about 444. Four, four, <laughs> like. Go
0: ahead, man. What, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, first off, if it's not the best album of the year, it's in the top three. Mm, right? Okay. Um, That's hands down. There's a lot of, <laughs> like, this has been a very big year in, in music to me because almost all of the major acts in music have come out with a project this year. I'm waiting for Nas to drop his album. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, a couple more people that have need to trickle in. Drake's dropped. Kendrick's dropped, uh, mm-hmm. Wale's dropped, uh, J Cole has dropped recently. Um, uh, who else? Um, big Sean has dropped. Like Sean. pretty much. Rick Ross. Like yeah, Rick Ross. Yeah. Like almost all of the big fifty talking about he got a project coming. Eminem. Been yeah, I knew we were supposed to studio. come back.
0: Yeah, Eminem's supposed to be coming back this year. So, bro, it's
1: almost yeah. like 2017 was the year of everybody dropping something, right? And I think it, me,
0: I, I think it's mumble rap because everyone last year was watching these young kids do their thing. I feel like the old heads got it. The OG, <laughs> the OG's got to prove like, wait, 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 wait. You know, we we still around. We still got music. You know, I think they're trying to make a point.
1: Well, they made the point then. Making, <laughs> now I'm dead ass. They making their point because I feel like it's having an effect because the music to me. Even like we have, a, I think there's more of a balance this year, yeah, than there was in previous years. Like the the songs that are becoming hits or that are getting radio play, there's a balance to it. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. even like not not to not to get away from her, but even look at what happened with Beyonce's sister, like so Beyonce, how she got all that yeah. light shined on her for the music she was making. Right. Like that's not typical what people listen to from R and B, like in our world, right? But so the fact she got that much light, it was was a you know salute to her because. It opened the door for other artists that are coming up younger to see a different perspective. They don't have to just talk about booty shaking, being in a club, (laughs) chasing, you know, a rich man and all that bullshit, right? right? right. They got some perspective. So when it comes to 444, like, I'm sorry, like, he's showing us how to grow up in hip hop. He's showing us what it looks like for hip hop to age gracefully and still be cool. I mean, I think but, that's the thing that people yeah, don't understand is like yeah. hip hop is young and it's always been a young man and probably will always be a young man's game. Right. Right.
0: But there's um, this new era. That's, that's an interesting point, too, because I remember I think it was more like last year. People was talking about Can you rap past 30 or be 30 and start your career? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I feel like you can like Dave East. You got all these artists that's proven they that they go hard, they spit hard. They got the energy. The energy's still there. You can't. It's like it's, it's actually the ages. You know, you could go beyond thirty. You know what I'm saying, like
1: bro. Fab Fab still got teenage girls like thinking he cute and wanting to mess with him. Like Fab still represents a certain like demographic, and that's the thing that we got to understand. Is like some dudes. You have to age in a in a certain way. It's like when they say you age like fine wine. You can't just drastically turn off and be like, "Oh, I'm forty now." So like, bye. Like yeah. it, it has to work. Like I still see people post a Nas as their MCM. You know what I'm saying? I like, do
0: too. Not- Young girls too. Yeah
1: yeah because yep. Nas still represents a certain class of like a, a, a dude from the hood like still with, he still got on his snapback or his fitted and he yep. keeps himself trimmed and well-groomed and he, he still seemed like a cool guy like yep. if, if if we age out like we get fat sloppy we dress bad we look like <laughs> our grandfathers you know don't think you're about to